Hey, welcome Centerpoint Church Online. Thanks for joining me today for this experience. Um, if you are new with us, my name is Ann Hansen. I'm one of the pastors here. And at Centerpoint, we are about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. And um, your tithes and your offerings make it possible for us to continue this mission. And so I wanna just say thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you through 2020, through all your giving, through COVID and all of that. And if you are actually wondering how you can give today, just visit us on mycenterpoint.tv backslash give, and there is a link right there for you to give. And so before I get started on the sermon for this week, we are in week five of Supreme. This is our sermon series through the book of Colossians. I just wanted to ask you a question for all of you who are watching online. How are you doing? And um, would you just type into the comments how you're doing? And this is actually a real question. <laughs> I, um, I know that it's been a very long, very hard season, and we're not done with it. We're not even out of this long, hard season. And a lot of people that I've spoken to have said it's been a very difficult time for them, a time of a lot of loss. And um, some folks are doing great. Some folks are blessed beyond measure. And Praise the Lord for that. But if you could just uh, write in the comments how you're doing uh, so we can pray for one another, encourage one another, even online. Um, uh, put your prayer requests there and have the other people watching. They're going to pray for you, and I'll be looking at those comments later. If you're wondering, I'm, I'm actually doing good. I'm a little weary, but I'm happy that I'm done with COVID. I'm happy that John is... Uh, back to walking and talking. <laughs> Yay! He's done with all of his things. Praise the Lord. Okay, so let's get into Colossians 3. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT version, the New Living Translation, and I'm going to start with verse 1. So just turn with me to Colossians 3, verse 1. It says this, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And so there is a lot packed into that little portion of scripture and that is it's hard when there's so much in just a few verses, but Paul is just giving us a reminder of what has happened for us as believers, right? He's saying we've been raised to new life in Christ and we've been saved, so let's remember that. We have been rescued from the dominion of, jar of darkness. Jesus has set us free from that dominion of darkness. He has um, set us free. We're no longer stuck. We're no longer enslaved to sin. Uh, we're no longer crushed by the weight of our sins. Uh, Jesus took all of our sins, all of our weaknesses, all of our shortcomings, and he's overcome all those things through his death and resurrection. And we have to remember that. We've got to remember that we've been saved, that our old life is gone and our new life has come and our new life is in Jesus Christ. And so uh, Paul's just remembering Paul's just saying, let's remember that. Let's remember to set our sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor 
and let's think about the things of heaven. And so this is my first point for today. If you are taking notes, my first point for today is this, set your sights on heaven. Set your sights on heaven. Can you repeat that with me? Set your sights on heaven. Okay, Colossians 3.1 says this, set your sights on the realities of heaven. And then in Colossians 3.2, it says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So he pulled a total mom move where he said something twice. And you know, when you're a mom and you say something twice, you're saying, don't play. So when I tell my kids, clean your room, clean your room. That means don't mess around, clean your room, right? And this is what Paul is doing. He pulled a total mom move and said it twice, which means don't play. Set your sights on the realities of heaven and think about the things of heaven. And so maybe you're thinking about this phrase that gets thrown around where someone says, don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. And it sounds like wisdom, doesn't it? Don't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. Sounds like wisdom, but that's not what scripture says. What scripture actually says is spend time thinking about heaven. Spend time thinking about heaven. And I have to admit, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about heaven. Maybe you're different and you can type that into the comments, but I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about heaven. But, and as a culture, I think we focus a lot on what's right in front of us. We're, we're thinking about the election. We're thinking about the political divide. We're thinking about coronavirus. We're thinking about um, the shutdowns. We're thinking about like financial stress. We're thinking about our kids not being in school. We're thinking about sports being canceled. We're thinking about um, the lack of vacations. We're thinking about the lack of vacations. And I'm thinking about the lack of vacations because that's really discouraging <laughs> and it's really real. All these things are really real. But when we spend the majority of our time thinking about those things, we end up being very discouraged and very hopeless and we lose our joy. And God knows this, right? He knows this. So he's saying to us, focus on the realities of heaven and your joy will increase and you will be strengthened and you're going to find your hope and you're going to live in peace in any circumstance, in any situation. And so um, I don't know about you, but maybe you're thinking to yourself, like, I don't even know what heaven is really like, you know, and maybe you're picturing in your brain, like a little naked baby with some wings, like floating amongst clouds. Maybe that's what you're thinking about. Maybe you're thinking about this old hymn that we've sung in church um, and it's Amazing Grace. And it says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And you're thinking to yourself, I don't want to sing for eternity. That sounds like total boredom to me. Please tell me that's not heaven. And so I'm just here to release you of all guilt in Jesus' name. That doesn't sound fun to me either. Okay, so we all have different ideas of heaven uh, and I'm not the premier expert of heaven. There's people out there who know all about heaven. But I want to give you just a few biblical realities of heaven today. And the first is this. Heaven is not a floaty, boring eternity. 
Heaven is not a floaty, boring eternity. It is supreme. And you will not be bored out of your mind in heaven. And I have definitely thought that, that maybe I'll be bored singing hallelujah over and over, like monotonously in heaven. And that does not appeal to me. But And a lot of us also believe like what those Greek philosophers have put out there, that we are gonna be like disembodied, ethereal beings, like just floating around for like all of eternity. Um, and that is not true either. We're also not gonna be uh, turning into angels in heaven. No, we're gonna be humans. And according to scripture, there's gonna be resurrection. And so just as Jesus Christ rose from the grave and he came back in a body and he ate and he drank as he showed himself to his disciples, we're gonna be like that for eternity. We're gonna have our physical and spiritual beings intact. Uh, we're gonna have bodies and they're just not gonna be bodies under the curse anymore. We're gonna be free of the curse. And so we will live as resurrected people on a resurrected earth, a physical new earth. And so that's what's coming. And Revelations 21 reveals that. But guys, we get to do like fun stuff in heaven. We get to do stuff. It's going to be rad. We don't have to uh, long for our old lives. And God knows this. He's like, I know you have no vision for heaven. I know you have no perspective. So let me tell you, in Isaiah 65, 17, it says this. Look. I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. So he's saying, rest assured, you're not gonna miss your old life. Don't worry, your old life is not better than the, the one that's coming. So just imagine, and I know this is a terrible analogy, but I just, that's what I came up with, is just imagine that your life here on earth is like Folger's instant coffee. And you're like, that's all I've ever known. I love Folgers Instant Coffee. It's it's the best. I make it every single morning and and Folgers Instant Coffee is what I'm comfortable with and what I know and what I love. But imagine heaven is going to be like the most delicious, the freshest, like the small batch roasted artisan cup of coffee and you're never going to miss your Folgers. It's just never going to come into your brain to miss Folgers because you're going to have the best. Heaven is going to be supreme. Heaven trumps our reality here on earth. And so that's my first biblical revelation of heaven. The second one is that we get to see Jesus face to face. Psh, that's a mind blow for me. Uh, Colossians 3.1 says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Wow, what does that even look like for Christ to sit at the right hand of God in a place of honor? I don't even know, but I do know that we're gonna get to see this and experience it. We're gonna live in heaven with Christ honored and glorified. There's gonna be a great cloud of witnesses. There's gonna be the throne room of God. There's gonna be the judgment seat, the mercy seat, the 24 elders, all of that. But there's gonna be Jesus face to face with us. And we will be able to see him physically for who he is. And I don't even know. Have you ever physically seen Jesus? Have you ever seen him in a physical manifestation? Type into the comments if you have. For me, that has not happened yet but I know it has for a lot of other people. 
And I have a friend who told me about her experience with Jesus. And what happened was she was in a very low place in her life where she was suicidal, completely hopeless, depressed. So she put herself inside of her closet, closed the doors. Um, She was kneeling down and she had a gun and she was about to shoot herself in the head. And then she realized at that moment that she was not alone. So she looks over right next to her and sitting next to her is Jesus. Sitting in the same position as her, not saying anything, but she said the communication went deep, like deep into her spirit without words. And she felt shooketh, right? (laughs) She was shook. She was not the same. She got out of that closet. She put her gun away. She decided, I need to live and I'm going to figure out who this Jesus is. And she actually found her way to Centerpoint Church. That one encounter with Jesus, that very brief encounter with Jesus, changed her and marked her forever. Can you imagine an eternity living with Jesus face to face? And that's what we get to look forward to in that reality of heaven. This third biblical reality of heaven is that there are going to be no more tears and no pain. In Revelations 21, 3 and 4, it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Wow, isn't that so hopeful, especially now in this season of so much death and so much COVID, there's going to be no more death, no more threat of death, no more coronavirus threats or any threats for that matter, no more tears, no more sorrow. Okay, the fourth biblical reality of heaven is that there are going to be perfect relationships and perfect love. The culture of heaven is the culture of love because God is there and God is love. And it's going to be a perfect culture of love in heaven, perfect relationships. Uh, Hebrews 12, 23 says that in heaven, the spirits of the righteous ones have now been made perfect. And so there's no more sin. There's no more selfishness. There's no more deception, no more misunderstandings, no more confusion, Can you just imagine that? We get to live with one another in perfect relationships, in perfect love. Um, Just imagining a place of perfect love where everything is done in love and for love. I mean, that is mind-blowing to me. I mean, my family, uh, we love one another, but we also get irritated with one another and we um, offend one another, we hurt one another, we blow it with one another, and... You know, it's good moments and bad moments in the Hanson household, probably a lot like yours. But to me, to think about that perfection in heaven is so mind-blowing and so hopeful. Uh, Years ago, uh, a pastor named Jonathan Edwards wrote about in the first great awakening among the Christians, uh, Christians found themselves incredibly overjoyed as they thought about the reality of heaven. And he wrote that they experienced un. Speakable delight. 
and bodily strength overcame them at the thoughts of heaven as a world of love, where love shall be the saints' eternal food, and they shall dwell in the light of love and swim in an ocean of love, and where the very air and breath will be nothing but love. I mean, can you imagine just like a time in your life or recall a time in your life where you felt so deeply loved? Where you felt so deeply loved? And for me, I have to think about like the time that my firstborn was was um, born. And I remember just feeling just such a flood of love, like a flood of emotion, a wave of love coming over me that I had this new life and this life was a gift from God. But that feeling obviously waned. <laughs> but um, imagine in heaven, there's not a waning. That love continues and it's just a constant flow of love in heaven. And so I wanted to ask you, how do you feel right now as we are talking about heaven and as you're hearing about heaven? Maybe you could type into the comments, how are you feeling right now? I feel pumped, actually. I feel excited. I actually feel very emotional. And it's good for us to think about heaven, to set our sights on heaven. So I want to encourage you, set your sights on heaven. And so let's get back into the scripture in Colossians 3. I'm going to start with verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil thoughts, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. And because of, this, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. So wow, this whole passage or this portion of scripture is just a lot of sins, right? It's a long list of sins. So we go from this First portion, all about heaven, and then we go to the second portion that's focused on sins. And it's not an exhaustive list of sins. It's not all the sins that have been listed in all of Scripture. But the more that I read through this passage of Scripture this week, the more I realized that these sins are related to um, killing relationships. These sins are serious relationship killers, and so I want to just go through them really quickly. So sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Those are in verse 5. These sins definitely destroy our relationships. When we engage in these things, we are unfaithful. We violate one another. We operate with selfishness. We, instead of honoring one another, we are self-indulgent. We're thinking about indulging our flesh instead of honoring the Lord. The second uh, portion is greed. Colossians 3, 5 says, don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. So when we're in greed, we're never satisfied with what we have, right? We make things more important than God, 
We make things more important than people and we slip right into idolatry. Things become our source and our relationships suffer. Have you ever experienced like a brokenness in your relationship because of greed? It happens all the time. A lot of marriages end because of greed and and money issues, right? The third thing is anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. You want to destroy a relationship? Explode your anger on someone, right? You want to destroy that relationship? Release your rage on them, right? Um, All these things cursing someone out, slandering them, destroying their character by by speaking ill of them, right? All these things dishonor who God made us to be as life givers, right? As image bearers. And it also um, destroys and dishonors who God made our fellow brother and sister to be. So remember, we're made for heaven. We're made to love and to honor one another. And number four, lies. Colossians 3.9 says this, don't lie to each other. You have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Lies destroy relationships because we need um, trust as the foundation of our relationship and trust is built by truth, right? And lies destroy that. And so lies destroy our relationships. The last one in that list is false constructs. Colossians 3.11 says, in this new life, it doesn't matter. You're a Jew, you're a Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. Christ is all that matters. So Paul is coming against those constructs, those categories, those judgments that we have against one another that separate us and that divide us from one another. And he says, no, Christ is all that matters. This is, he is the great equalizer, Jesus And so my second point in this portion of scripture is this, kill the relationship killers. And so I want you to just repeat that after me. Kill the relationship killers. Yeah, so in this passage, three times it says different ways. It says, put to death. In verse um, five, it says, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. So it says, kill it, maybe even violently, right? Christians are supposed to be violent sometimes when you're putting to death your flesh, right? Kill it, be done with it, destroy it. In verse five, again, it says, have nothing to do with these things. Have nothing to do with these sexual immorality, impurity, lust. And so it's not a, oh, well, just one more time. Or, you know, I, it, it, it means no, have nothing to do with, don't watch that show, You know, don't visit that website. Don't send that text to that person. You know, have nothing to do with it. Don't open the door, but don't even have your handle or don't even have your hand on the handle of the door, right? Don't open the door. And finally, get rid of. In verse 3a, it says, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Get rid of it. Don't allow it for any reason. Don't even have it in your house, right? And so, the, the thing about these sins is that a lot of these things are, are bad habits. And um, bad habits are hard to break. I mean, have you ever tried to break a bad habit? It's, it's really hard, right? Um, scientists, they did a study that showed with 140, 134 people that were not dieting. And they asked them not to think about chocolate and don't think about chocolate. And the ones that they asked to not think about chocolate ended up like binging after 
afterwards because they were asked to not think about chocolate, right? And it goes with me. Like if you tell me not to eat sugar, I'm going to end up binging sugar because I'm going to just be so focused on like suppressing myself and, and, and not eating the sugar and not eat, And then I'm just going to focus on it. And, I'm, and then eventually I'm going to just explode. Well, um, willpower doesn't work. And so this is not going to work for us either. Actually, this is a really good book that um, Rachel and I both read. It's by this guy named Benjamin Hardy. And it's just, it's just proven scientifically. This guy is actually a Christian. But anyway, it's proven that willpower doesn't work. And so how are we going to kill these bad habits? How are we going to kill these relationship killers? And so I want to um, share the first way that we can kill our relationship killers is just simply through repentance. And repentance means changing your mind, changing your mind. Um, see these sins differently. Choose to see these sins the way that God sees these sins. Because honestly, a lot of times, like we might be saying like, well, you know, anger, that's the way I get, that's the only way I can control my kid right? Anger, uh, threats, that's the only way I can control him. Or you might be thinking like, you know, lying is not a big deal because I only tell white lies, you know? Or you can say to yourself like, you know, my private lustful thoughts are not a problem and they're not going to hurt anyone because I'm not going to act on them until you do, right? And so we have to choose in our will to disavow these things and to see them as evil and not good. And that's our first step is repentance. Change your mind about these sins and just see them for what God says they are. They're sins. They lead to death. They lead to brokenness. They lead to devastation in your life. And so um, don't let yourself walk in any of these sins that cause death. And the next way that I want to encourage you to kill the relationship killers are to build a better habit kill the relationship killers by building a better habit. And so scientists have said that we can't just get rid of bad habits. We are action-oriented as humans, and we need something to replace our old habit. And so what we can do is we can build better habits. Uh, we can do that. And so Colossians 3.10 says this, in that whole long passage of scripture that talks all about sins, it says, put on your new nature, and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. So if you're used to doing things your old way and um, involving yourself with sins and brokenness, take heart. You can replace your old habits with, with building better habits. And so I want to ask you a discipleship question right now. Uh, what kind of habits can you build into your life right now that will help you put on your new nature? What kind of habit can you build into your life right now that will help you put on your new nature? And you can type it into the comments. Uh, you know, we can encourage one another by, by doing that. Um, maybe you can 
build a better habit by waking up 30 minutes earlier than your normal time and, and, and spending that time uh, reading scripture for 10 minutes. I'm gonna build a habit of reading my Bible for 10 minutes every morning. I'm gonna build a habit of after reading the Bible, I'm gonna talk to God. I'm gonna praise him for who he is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank him for five things. I'm gonna write down in my journal five things that I, I thank God for right now or I'm gonna um, tell him about my problems and ask him for breakthrough. Whatever those things are, build better habits. Get creative. Think about this with the Lord. You know, in college, I was part of a Christian fellowship, and um, I remember it. This uh, hit me so deeply. I, at the time, I was very serious about my discipleship journey with the Lord, and this one leader suggested, like, "Hey, give yourself a visual reminder." So we all have watches, and he's um, he said, um, "Put a green dot on your watch." And let that be a reminder that every time you look down at your watch to shoot up a prayer of thanks to the Lord, you know? And I did it and it actually built a new habit of me remembering to talk to the Lord throughout my day. And so maybe you can think about with the Lord how you can build better habits with the Lord to invite um, more of that new nature to build into your life. We have to get serious about putting on our new nature and killing those relationship killers. And maybe maybe anger is your issue. And so maybe you can say to yourself, okay, my new habit is gonna be like, instead of like just always like responding with quick anger, my new habit is gonna be, I'm gonna count to 10 slowly before I respond, right? Simple, but it's something that you can do. Or maybe if you uh, lustful shows are a trigger for you, maybe your new habit can be, hey, I'm only gonna watch shows that I'm gonna watch with my kids. Like, and I'm gonna make them watch shows with me. <laughs> you know, that maybe that's something. Uh, keep yourself accountable. If greed is your thing, um, that is a stumbling block for you. You can make a new habit and say, I'm gonna give away five new things, you know, five precious things that are valuable to me before I buy myself something new. And that could be a new habit that you build into your life to fight greed. You know, how do you make things grow in your life? You nurture it, you feed it, you give it attention, uh, you focus on it. And how do you kill things in your life, right? I'm great at killing plants. I neglect them. I forget to water them. I, um, and I have nothing to do with them, right? And so, and, and in that way, I'm, I'm killing that plant. Um, the Lord cares about what we grow in our lives and what we kill in our lives. He wants us to grow in that new nature and he wants us to kill that old nature and to kill those sins in our lives. Um, he's passionate about how we live. He's even passionate about how we behave. And I, I know we don't wanna hear that, that he's passionate about our behavior, but he really is. It starts with the heart, of course, but he does care about how we live and how we treat one another in our relationships. Proverbs 23, seven says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So what we think about ends up controlling us, right? What we focus on grows. And what we're thinking about all the time, um, it matters. And so if we're thinking about those sins and how we can indulge those sins, those things are gonna grow, right? Um, I'm, I always think about like what I'm gonna bake next and guess what grows in my life is like a baking addiction, right? Uh, <laughs> it's true. Uh, but if we focus on our new life in Christ, guess what's gonna grow? 
that character, that new nature of Christ is going to grow. Uh, have you guys ever heard of this guy named Carl Walenda? Or have you ever heard of the Flying Walendas? Well, in 1978, uh, this man named Carl Walenda, he, at 78 years old, he was going to uh, attempt on live TV um, walking this wire uh, that that um, connected between two hotels. And uh, the winds were blowing at 30 miles an hour and it was a terrible, like tremendous feat in, in um, Puerto Rico. And what happened was he ended up dying on live TV. He ended up falling to his death. And people were stunned. People were devastated. What happened? What happened to the great Carl Walenda? He's been doing these um, daredevil stunts his whole life. What happened? What went wrong? And what we found out later on after his death, his wife, Helen, told, told us, he said, she said, all Carl thought about for the three months straight leading up to his um, last um, attempt of walking that wire, all he thought about was falling. All he thought about was falling. And it was the first time in his life that he had ever focused on that. And it seemed like he had put all of his focus on falling rather than walking the tightrope successfully, which is what he had done his whole life because his focus had shifted. Friends, we can't be overly consumed with our sins. We can't be overly consumed with our failures. We have to remember that we've been raised to new life with Christ. We have to set our sights on heaven and think about the things of heaven. Think about the realities of heaven and kill those relationship killers through repentance and through building new habits, uh, better habits, so we can put on our new nature and be renewed as we learn to know our creator and become like him. Uh, would you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you so much for your word and that your word is true. Thank you, Lord, for the realities of heaven. Thank you, Lord, that you know how we were created. You know what we need. You know how we're wired. And so thank you, Lord, for um, just giving us truth in your word and giving us commandments in your word to set our sights on heaven, heaven and to think about heaven because you know how good that will be for us, Lord. And so, God, I'm asking that you would help us, God, to be renewed in the depths of who we are, to put on our new nature, and that you would help us to live according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. And, and some of you are with me today, and you're thinking, gosh, you know what? I, I hear what you're saying about heaven, but I have no assurance of getting to heaven. I have no assurance that I'm gonna be in heaven for all of eternity. Well, I wanna invite you today to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the perfect son of God. He came to earth. He put on flesh. He lived the perfect life. He, through his death and resurrection, his death on the cross and his re resurrection, he overcame the grave. He overcame our sins. He gave us full forgiveness, full pardon through his death and resurrection. And so I want to invite you to say yes to receiving this gift of new life in Jesus Say yes, and if you're saying yes 
to that, just put it in the comments. Yes, I want to say yes to Jesus. Or if you're recommitting your life to Christ and saying, you know, I've I've really strayed from the Lord. I've really um, walked away from the reality of what Jesus has done for me. Put it in the comments. I'm, I'm rededicating myself to the Lord today. And I wanna pray for you, all of you who are putting your faith in Jesus today. Jesus, I pray for these new brothers and sisters that are coming into the family of God today. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, for this new work that you're doing in them, that you've put to death the old old self and you're, you're bringing them back to life again in the newness of Christ Jesus. Lord God, I'm asking that your spirit would go out, that you would speak to them, encourage them, help them to walk with you. Lord, that their ears would be open to your spirit, that they would know you in the depths of who they are. Just like my friend in the closet, she didn't even communicate with words, but she knew that you were speaking to her. God, I'm praying that you would speak to us right now. Speak to the brothers and sisters right now that are coming into your kingdom right now. Speak to them, give them hope. Let them experience your love and your newness in Jesus' name. And the last thing I wanna do right now is just to pray and ask the Lord to um, speak. If there's anything that he wants to do right now to heal, anything that he wants to do, I wanna ask you guys to also pray. If there's anything that you're getting right now, um, write it into the comments. If there's anything that you think that the Lord is wanting to heal right now, let's, let's just pray to, together right now. God, what is it that you wanna do right now? Holy Spirit. You know what? I, I just feel like the Lord is saying he wants to refresh you, uh, weary, wanderer, and that the Lord is saying he wants to refresh you and encourage you and that there's um, refreshment, rest, new life for you. Um, I feel like the Lord wants to address like the exhaustion from the year, from last year, and he wants to give you refreshment in your spirit. And he's saying, I can do it. Just find yourself in me, rest in me, spend time with me, get away with me and see how I will renew your life. Thank you, God. Is there anything, Lord, anything else that you wanna do? Uh, I also feel like the Lord is saying he's restoring the fathers. And so this could be a couple things. Um, it could be health for our fathers, but I also feel like the Lord is saying that um, he is like recommissioning you for your assignment as a father. And he's saying, you're not disqualified. I've made you for this. Your kids need you. I don't care if you're 70 and you're a father. I don't care if you're 30. I bless you to be recommissioned back into your assignment as a father, to take your place, to take that role, to speak your life into your, uh, to speak life into your kids, um, to use your authority as their father. And I bless you to walk in the, the wisdom of the Lord and the knowledge of the Lord. God, is there anything else you want to do? Anything else, Lord? Okay, the last thing is, I just feel like the Lord is saying there, there's, there's hope. 
And I've heard that for over myself when I prayed over 2021. And I heard the Lord saying, hang on to your hats. And I'm like, oh no, you know. But then right after that, I heard the Lord saying, there is hope. There is hope. And so I bless you in Jesus' name to receive the hope of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, Francis Frangipan, he said this, any area of your life that is uh, not glistening with hope is under the influence of a lie. And so I bless you in Jesus' name to have those areas exposed and to be um, filled with the hope of heaven. God bless you guys. Um, Have a great week. Thanks for joining us this weekend.